you radicals, you. It's a radical act to sing. Who knew that? Who knew that was Martin Luther? And we are beholden to what Martin Luther asked exactly 500 years ago in 1517. He was a monk. He was devout, pious, educated, a professor, and a musician. Played the lute and flute and had supposedly a magnificent tenor voice. And he lived in Germany. And because he was a monk, he was privy to what the Pope and Rome wanted the church to do, which is to support the rebuilding of St. Peter in Rome. And Martin Luther, so there's an economic, social justice fierceness in his using the tools he had of the day, which is as a professor, an academician, and they debated a lot, he came up with 95, they're called theses, questions. They were questions. And he's famous for supposedly putting them on the church door in Wittenberg. That may be myth. But he certainly did send out these questions. And the question that really rankled with Rome and everyone was it makes no theological or biblical sense that you can buy, that you can pay for an indulgence. So if you're worried about going to heaven, it makes perfect sense on some level that you would do everything in this world to get there. And the Catholic Church knew that and said, let's we'll just expand what it means to get into heaven. And if you pay a certain amount, and oh, by the way, it's going to be so fabulous because it will build beauty in Rome. And that was, I think, Thesis 86. How can these indulgences be expanded on the backs of what he was seeing, which is the common people in Wittenberg, Germany, and throughout Germany who were starving. And he knew, back in the day, the Pope himself was literally wealthy. Not just the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church, but the Pope individually. And that thesis 86 said, why can't the Pope use some of his money to build these churches. And we are, we are the extension of that willingness to ask really difficult questions. So once you ask that question, can you really pay to get into heaven? Oh, there's that Pandora's box. And because he was a musician, a lot of things about the Catholic Church began to rankle which is it was a very formal liturgy that only those of priestly stock, the trained, and um, could lead a service and say certain very specific words and make the wafer and wine holy and the Gregorian chants, as you heard in the reading. So what 
Luther busted open was not just theology, but all of the pieces related to that theology. And it is because of Luther that we sing today. So we have a worship committee that meets once a month and we talk about how's worship going and how can we change things and what can we do. And we have had this ongoing conversation because several members have said, you know, at the church I went to, one of our favorite services was we would have a congregational sing. And we would just sing whatever hymn out of the hymnal speaks to us and is our favorite. So we've been looking for ways to make that happen. So I thought, what better way to honor congregational singing and 500 years of it and how radical it is and the fact that we have continued to move on and ask questions about Christianity and religion and what it means to be a human being. But there are certain things we've held on to that perhaps are eternal and essential, and that is singing. And I make the case we come every Sunday and breathe together and sing words together. You may not always agree with the theology, which that's a whole different sermon and interesting conversation in and of itself. But that first hymn we sang, 200, was written by Martin Luther, and it was designed to move everyone's theology in this direction. And then when we close out our worship today, we'll sing the same tune with words that have been unitarian and universal. But here's what I propose. And I know you have no doubt about the skills of our musical talent with Joseph and Chris. We're going to make them scramble. Um, if you were here at the 10 o'clock hour, you heard a story about um, my favorite hymn. So I'm in a pull rank, ministerial rank. I don't have a connection to the Pope, but uh, since I am standing in front of you, my favorite hymn is sung to the tune of Finlandia, which there, we have two hymns. And this one is, tell me the number. Say it loud. Uh, I think we're doing 159. 159. I didn't write it down. Please make note, this I want sung at my memorial. That's how important this song is to me. So everyone take a deep breath. This is my song.
okay, here's how we're going to do it. Well, I believe we have a taker already. <laughs> Shout it out, Annie. 407. And while we're looking, I want you to know Martin Luther said, next to the word of God, music deserves the highest praise. The gift of language combined with the gift of song was given to man that he should proclaim the word of God through music. Next, 305. I'm going to invite some choir members to come join me up on the chancel here and help lead. 305. We are singing two verses of everything. Forgot to say that. Someone want to come join me in the choir? Come stand up here and sing. Come on. Hit it. Mutiny from the choir. Sheesh. Go ahead.
121. And there are churches where the choir becomes such a power center. <laughs> 121. For those of you who have a favorite hymn and say, I have no idea what the number is, but that first line goes, at the very back of your book are the first lines and the titles of the hymns. And youth, you're back there lurking, I know. I'll get to you. I challenge you to pick the next hymn we sing after we sing 38. I love that. Oh. Youth, 
401. You'll be next, Michael. 401. Here's the problem with singing just two verses theologically. Hymns have a theology, and the last verse is often... So, um, so if you leave here theologically confused today, <laughs> come back, come back, I beg you. Hit it. Were you being ironic, youth? And how many people have now put on Facebook, at church, we sing Kumbaya? <laughs> Michael, 169? 63. 163. 21. I forget to look over here, sorry. 2-1 for the beauty of the earth.
Three more. What was first? One at a time, Unitarians. 318 last? Okay. 162. 162. This is like the prisoner joke. You yell out the number and... Ooh, 162. Okay, there was one more in here somewhere. Six. Ah, just as long as I have breath. Six. Not the last one, but the last one for now. 318, Finlandia. But different words. We are Unitarian. We can sing different words.
we end with Martin Luther. A person who does not regard music as a marvelous creation of God, whatever you call God, must be a clodhopper, indeed, and does not deserve to be called a human being. He should be permitted to hear nothing but the braying of asses and the grunting of hogs. May it be so. (laughs) 